Previously on the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast. It'll be a blowout. LaTeX's going to lose. I don't know. I want to be optimistic, but I'm, I'm more optimistic than Matt. I don't think it's going to be 52 to 17. I think it'll be a little bit lower scoring, maybe, maybe like 38 to 24 or something like that. So I'll say tech covers, I guess. But Austin Kendall hasn't really had enough time to get situated. He's probably going to be balls awful and get yanked at some point. But I think this is a close game, at least late. And it all comes down to a field goal that tech will miss. And Mississippi State will win 38-35. to Hi everyone and welcome to a half hour therapy session, aka the Go Tech Please Untie podcast. A show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. I'm Josh. And uh, yeah, I think I could really talk for a bit. I don't know about y'all after this past game. I could. I don't know if I want to relive these horrible, horrible emotions, but I will. Look, on Saturday, I felt a lot of emotions, but surprise was certainly not one of them. I don't know about you guys. Um, I I was not comfortable at any point in that game, and I don't think I will ever be comfortable with any amount of lead. Um, especially not when it's easy to see a path to losing by one, because that's just what we'll do if there's a path. Yeah, it was like watching a car crash in slow motion. Like I, I you knew it was coming, and you could see it happening in real time, and th- there was nothing you could do about it. Yep. Yeah. So what we had done in the past is we had kind of gone through the game and made comments throughout, but I think what I want to try to do this year is at the very top, do a 60-second, like, uninterrupted game recap, and then that way we've covered all the major beats and we can jump in and out of wherever we want to rather than going in a linear order because there is a lot to digest in this game, and there probably will be in a few games further down the season. But, so this game starts. I'll start the 60-second clock now. Uh, It starts with a field goal by uh, Mississippi State that gets missed, uh, feeling pretty good about that, but then two plays later, Tech throws an interception on was it the second pass of Austin Kendall's career as a Bulldog. Uh, Mississippi State then scores an actual touchdown the next drive, going up 7-0, a uh, couple punts, a fumble. Mississippi State jumps on top 14-0. At this point, things feel very bleak, even though it just yep. feels, at least to me, like it's been a little unlucky. Uh, Tech uh, answers back, makes it 7-14, to and then another touchdown on the next drive after a 3 out by Mississippi State to make it 14-14. Okay, wait a second. This game is tied, and we're going into the, the later parts of the second quarter, and it's still tied. Uh, and then Tuck breaks the tie with a touchdown of their own and then end up going into the half up 21-14 over the SEC Mississippi State Bulldogs. After that is a second half where it felt like neither team really wanted to win for a bit. There was a punt, 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 fumble, and then Tech finally scores a field goal before getting a pick six to take a 31-14 lead that felt like that may be enough to win this game. And then they add another field goal to make it 34-14. to 14. 20. There's, there's the pass. A 20-point lead. 20 and then points. after a, a kickoff return for 56 yards, there's a touchdown for Mississippi State a few plays later that makes it 34-21. Next drive, Tech goes three and out. Mississippi State scores another touchdown on this time a bit longer of a drive. Another three and out by Tech, another touchdown. This one takes the lead for Mississippi State, and they hold on to win 35 to 34. Yep. Oh. Missed, uh, missed field goal at the end for Tech. Um, looked like it got blocked. I don't know. But um, yeah, 
not not great. I mean, yeah, uh, it hashtag, was a weird game. Weird game. Hash, hashtag holtzed. <laughs> I, I I wanted to just crawl on the floor and and die after that missed field goal. It it pained me greatly. Was that we had completed the fourth and eleven a few yeah. plays earlier. That felt yep. like that was the play that, okay, this decides it. This play right here. And they made it. They got the first down. They got a 13-yard pass from Kendall to Isaiah Graham. Great catch. To bring you in within field goal range. Yeah. I mean, they so they trotted out the, the field goal unit to try, what, like a 57-yarder? And then we called timeout and uh, brought out the offense instead. And Isaiah Graham made a great play. He ended up hurting his, I think, his ankle on the play. Hopefully he's okay. I haven't heard. Um about that but um yeah i mean man does tech really know how to make you believe for just a second just a fleeting second you know and then it's snatched away from you it uh it still stings a little bit and i i i I you think we'd win one of these by now but i got it we are incapable of doing so what was your thought matt i said i got over it pretty quickly i'm not that uh stunned by it as i as some others may initially be uh, I know some people listen to this podcast that are probably lubing themselves up over our sadness, and I won't give them that satisfaction. I think we already have. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, uh, it's not. Yeah, it sucks to lose, but this isn't the first time this has happened. And as long as as long as the name of the university is Louisiana Tech, it won't be the last. Let's go back to LII. I think is what you're saying. You read I'm my mind. Kind of curious, though. What do you think caused this collapse? I mean, there was a lot of things being thrown towards Skip Holtz because, of course, it, he's the head coach. Whenever something goes wrong, he's going to get the majority of the blame. But was do you think this was on a Skip Holtz philosophy? Do you think this was just bad luck? Do you think we didn't have the depth to go 60 minutes, even though we had the depth to go 50? What do you think the issue was? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to assume that you're solely speaking to me. Um, yeah, sure. God. God's no. fault? No, God's father, Daniel Adams, it's his fault. Uh, well, I, I I messaged the group whenever Tech was up 20, saying this smells like a 35 to 34 loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have that in writing in pos- for posterity. We were all thinking I, it. I knew Tech, I knew Tech was going to lose because anytime, anytime the score allows for a one-point loss, Tech will always lose by one point to a better team. Or not necessarily to a better team, but to a, a team... team a team. There you go. Not the show with Mr. T, rather a team. So I knew Tech was going to lose. Going into the game, I knew I thought Tech was going to get destroyed. In our preview pod, I think I speculated they were going to lose by 40 or 45 plus points. It was going to be a really really big blowout. Well, it wasn't a really big blowout. I was keeping track on the game. I was keeping track on ESPN uh, app and was pleasantly surprised when I saw Tech go up by 20, but then I noticed it was 20 and not 21 and said, well, this is a loss. And then I went to Saturday Mass. And sure enough, when I got out, Tech had lost. And uh, the only fair way to say that is I don't really know. I didn't watch the game. I didn't see what was happening. But based on description and based on our track record, I am going to put blame squarely 100% entirely on coaching. I'm not going to blame it all on Skip. That doesn't seem fair. But when you are the head football coach, H-E-A-D, not the quarterback, but the head football coach, head football coach, and this has happened more than once over a series of several seasons, in your ninth season, 
and you still don't know how to close out a football game, I don't, how much, this has happened more than once. And it's happened more than once against, I think they're all SEC schools. Yeah, uh, South Carolina, Arkansas, now this. Now those games are a little bit different. Tech was not winning by 20 against South Carolina. I think they're only winning by like 10 or 13. Go figure, 13. Knew that was going to be a one-point loss too. Uh, And then lost to Arkansas, which I knew that game was over when Jonathan Barnes uh, doinked it off the right upright. Um, So I don't believe in luck. I think that you either win or you lose. There's no such thing as luck. And when the coaching can't close out a game, whether it be the D coordinator, the head football coach, or whoever, the blame stands squarely with them, especially when Tech uh, was up 20. There's no reason to get conservative, is what I've gathered happened on offense, or get extremely conservative or sloppy on defense. But I'm always going to blame coaching unless the players go out there and, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, physically <laughs> physically fall over on purpose. And that's never going to happen. I think that's happen. what happened. I think yeah. that is what happened. With the run yeah. game, you, the way that you – Hold on to win when you're up 20 points in the third and fourth quarter is not by continuing to pass. I mean, that's how the Falcons basically lost the Super Bowl a few years ago. The you who? do it by. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you do it by running the ball. And yes, Tech had more rushing yards on the night than Mississippi State. They had 101 compared to Mississippi State's 65. But we had figured that was going to happen given no. the Mike Leak offense. Well, yeah, we figured Mississippi State wouldn't rush the ball, but we figured Tech would be able to. And here's the thing. 59 of those yards came on one play, yeah. a run by the quarterback. Yeah, out, outside of that one play, we averaged like 1.2 yards per carry. So That's atrocious. And, and we had talked about in the preview how Tech kind of had a like a three-headed dog, haha, uh, running attack, or maybe even a four-headed dog running mm-hmm. attack. And yet it sounds like there was no running attack except for Austin Kittle's yeah. one run for... Uh, yeah, it, it definitely didn't show up um, like we had hoped. The the running, you know, the running backs didn't really show out in this game. But that was against probably the toughest front seven we'll face all year. So I mean, I don't think it's indicative of anything and, further until but, until Southeast Louisiana comes to town on Saturday. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think that's the case. But famous um, last words. Yeah, I'm curious to get Josh's take about what went wrong here in the fourth quarter. It in my opinion, it's entirely on coaching. Just like. Matt said we stopped with the aggressive play calling on defense. You know, I don't know if that comes from Skip or if that comes from the defensive coordinator and the offensive play calling got really, you know, stale and vanilla and just, you know, run out the clock, which I mean, like if we're averaging one, what was it? 1.7 yards per carry, something like that. We, We weren't getting it done on the ground. I don't know why you don't just like keep your foot on the gas and just take some more shots down the field. I I don't know. It was just, here's the thing. Defensively. I completely agree. I think um, the play calling just got soft. Mississippi state clearly started to execute against the three man rush and we didn't try to do anything to stop it. Offensively though, I'm sitting here watching the game with, with my friend, Matt Vaughn. And he was just like incest that tech was fucking passing the ball and completions. Did did you mean incensed? Yes. That's what I meant. He was incest. He he said incest. Um, he's sitting here. He's sitting here yelling at the TV, saying like, "Why are we passing the ball? We're wasting, you know, we're wasting an opportunity to burn two minutes off the clock when, you know, when now we just ran ten seconds off the clock because we passed three times." My biggest problem with the fourth quarter offensively was execution. We had probably three passes dropped on first downs. 
I heard about that. That, that would have yeah, went for eight or bad. nine yards on first down. Yeah. And it was a good enough pass. Some of them were like low or some of them were like a little outside or whatever, but they didn't get caught and they needed to get caught. And that would have put us at, you know, second and two instead of second and 10. And so then when we run the ball on second and 10 and pick up four yards, it's like, okay, well now we got to pass again. And then what happens an incomplete pass. So I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the drive chart and when we're up 34 to 21, it's incomplete pass, four yard rush, incomplete pass next drive <laughs> up 34, 28 incomplete pass, complete pass for zero yards and then incomplete pass. So those are those uh, two three and outs there that then let them go from down 34, 14 to up. Um, so I, I don't know like what you want skip to do in that scenario. And, and it's not just, I'm not just talking to you guys. <laughs> I'm not just talking to you guys. I'm talking to the many, many people who like to mention us on Twitter and say fire skip. And I'm like, he's the one calling the plays, but he just called five pass plays out of or four pass plays out of six plays. I just read. So like knowing full well that the rush attack has not been successful all night. Right. And it still would not change. And from what I heard, he took credit for the bad play calling. But like, I don't even see that as bad play calling. It's maybe it wasn't the right plays to call, but like, it was more the defense sitting back and then continuing to sit. So they acted like we were up 20 points the whole fourth quarter, even when we were only up six. So like they never adjusted from like, let's sit back and not create any pressure up front anymore to, from the point we were up 34 to 14 to the point we were up 34 to 28 and they're picking up 12 yards on every single play. And I just, that I don't understand. Well, there's also that we and harping on the defense as well, but also special teams, uh, oh, of yeah. course, the missed field goal at the end, but also the the false start. And granted, we pick up that fourth down after the false start. But when we we're about to attempt a super long field goal and see what uh, Barajas can do as a kicker, it was a false start. That's a mistake. It may have still worked in Tech's favor had Tech been able to make that second field goal. But that's still not what you want to do if you're the special teams unit. And then really my biggest thing and what I would argue is the biggest issue I had with this game and the biggest reason why Mississippi State was able to come back and win this one was the 56-yard yeah. kickoff return. Actually, no, the kickoff was for 56. That, it doesn't say how long the return was. Return. Yeah, 70-yard yeah. Se- yeah. kickoff return to the 20-yard line, yeah. That, that put him back in it. Immediately, that yeah. game, it, it was, a, it was a, a, a switch of momentum. It was a switch of who has control of this game. And all of a sudden, yeah, Tech is up 20 points, but it did not feel like it after that. No, it... That, you know, coupled with the fact that I had just finished telling everyone like that I'm watching the game with. Yeah, I've seen Tech blow a 34 to 7 lead. So 34 to 14, you know, ain't that bad. And then that's the first play after I had just said that. And I'm like, okay, well, here we go. Um, That yeah, that play, honestly, special teams execution is the biggest problem here. I mean, we got the false start, the missed kick at the very end to lose the game. When we're up 34 to 21, the punt that we had after that three and out went 22 yards. And now this is, this is a, a game where when we pinned them back in their own territory, we were able to create havoc in the pass rush. And there were actually some really big positives. I want to talk about in a minute that, that I saw on the defensive line when they were in a passing situation, like deep in their own territory. But then this punt goes 22 yards and they're in plus territory when they take over down six with five minutes left in the game. So it's like, why, why, did, why did that have to happen then? Because pain. Yeah. Because, because pain. pain. All right. Yeah. And I like Evan do want to move into some of the positive takeaways from this. There are no uh, positive takeaways. No, they, well, <laughs> you didn't, you didn't watch the game. Strongly so, I disagree. Mean, yeah. yeah. Okay. Strong disagree. Yeah. So, well, uh, but is there any other negative 
Of course there is. There's a shit ton of fucking negatives. Okay, look, we can try to spin this and say that there's a ton of positives, but I'm not buying it because one, it's one game. Tech could suck ass for the rest of the season and go 0 and 12. We don't know. But they could have won this game and then lost every like. Yeah, Yeah, but this is but this is tech and pain. You can only take away the things you can take away, regardless of they're good or bad. You can't spell pain without Louisiana and a P and tech somehow. So uh, (laughs) I'm very tired. Uh, There might be some really good positives to take away. Okay, so you agree. There might be. However, tech could be horrible the rest of the year, not win a single game. So it's it's hard for me to get on board with. uh, uh, Hold on a second. Trust me. Trust me. I'm going somewhere with this. Uh, If you hang on to the positives, that gets you just to the next week. If Tech loses to SELA, then then, uh, well, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But then if they lose the next week and the next week and the next week and you keep on trying to focus on the pot, I just think that this is a, a weird rabbit hole to go down. That's one side. That's what how one side of me is feeling. However, Tech going, I hope Mississippi State ends up going like something like 12. Like, I hope they go to I hope they make the fucking CFP uh, somehow well, happen. But well, no, it's probably I hope we make that CFP. Yeah, <laughs> just when every every game I on here on the line there. Yeah, oh, Nathan, oh, yeah you your, do. Your ten dollars is not looking too good, my friend. It's not yeah, looking it's good, not. Nathan. Now, had Tech won last night, I would say you're a fucking genius. But well, you know, uh, here's the reason why I'm a genius though is because I predicted Tech to lose on a missed field goal. Man, is a oh. genius. So damn it. The the, the flip side <laughs> of the, the flip side of that, uh, what BBB calls the sunshine pumpers, uh, the sun, sun sunshine pump uh, for me says Tech went toe to toe with an SEC school in their home. Uh, in their home stadium, what I'm hoping will end up being a very good SEC team. That way, later on this year, if Tech does have a really good record, we can say, hey, look, this is how good this team is. Uh, so if Tech can do that against that type of caliber athlete, SEC athlete, Tech is probably going to be able to lay claim to not only the CUSA West, but CUSA title. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. So uh, d- in spite of me be- thinking that maybe there are no positives, I would like to hear someone conversely tell me what these positives are. Well, what? I got one for you, Bub. I got one more negative. <laughs> Bub um, just, just a closing negative thought. Okay, okay, yeah. Just like in general, like a closing negative thought, and we'll just say this and then we can get on with the positives. But we had an SEC team at their home stadium down by 21 and Not you know, 20. instead of correction, twenty. Well, whatever. <laughs> That's a very important distinction, Josh. <laughs> if only. Yeah. Yeah. So we we had an SEC team, you know, within reach of beating at their home stadium, and you know, coaches and play the whole team just failed to execute when it was needed, and it sucks, and it's a huge bummer on the season, and we really could use that win. Yeah. No. None of the positives take away from that for sure. Yeah. I think my my problem with what Matt what you were saying, I mean, we hadn't seen the team on the field yet and now we have. So like we know more about this team to make an informed decision moving forward. I predicted that this team would go 9 and 3. I feel better about that prediction. I also predicted us to lose Saturday's game like 45 or 38 to 24. What happened was bad and I and it hurt me more than losing 38 to 24 probably would have. Yeah. But the team looked better in what actually happened than I thought they would. So that's what I mean by t- a positive. And, and it helps me form my opinion about this group of athletes moving forward. Right. And I, I don't know, Nathan, if you have anything to add there before we get into like the specific things that I was excited about. But 
that's just where that's like the mindset yes uh, dude i did not want to lose that game the way and i never i want to get out of this feeling where we're up by 20 with fucking 12 minutes left and i'm still like we're gonna find a way to lose this game and i was right about that feeling and you were right about that feeling matt when you sent it in the chat right so like i want to get out of that and i want tech to stop doing this to us please but like there are still like there's still we have a bigger picture we have a a clearer picture of what this team actually is now few things in life are binary there was good and bad to take away from pretty much everything and yeah there was a lot of bad to take away from this game especially how it made us feel but in terms of how good we this team looked in week one yes that is a one week sample small sample sizes or whatever but this team is better than a lot of people thought it might be based on this one game sample. Hopefully the rushing attack turns it around, but man, we had some receivers kind of step up. Uh, the fact that Bub Means has the most yards on the night for the Bulldogs, and that's not even a name I recognize. We were in the in our chat trying to figure out who he was for a bit. We, we had been Smeckledorfed. Good old Bub. Bamboozled. Yeah, Josh, t- did you? I said Means. We had, we had talked about, um, but I guess he goes by Bub. So there, there's that. Um, yeah, he looked great. I mean, that the bomb touchdown was a complete blown assignment on Mississippi State's part, but I did, I Kendall did hit him that. in stride. I mean, hey, we've had quarterbacks not hit wide open dudes in stride <laughs> yep. in the recent past. So are not I even mean, hit are not even hit receivers at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought I thought he looked good. I thought Isaiah Graham looked good. Um, uh, obviously, hope he comes back from injury soon. Um, Smoke Harris was Smoke Harris, right? He didn't have a like a standout performance or anything, but the passing game I thought was decent. And we have a quarterback who's got room to improve, but still had a pretty solid start. And like, I'll take that, you know. Uh, but really, defensively is where it really surprised me, especially the pass rush, because I think that was the biggest question I had on defense going into this year. And they weren't always great, especially towards the end of the game. Uh, and some of that may have been due to just exhaustion. Uh, but mm-hmm. guys whose names we haven't heard called a lot made some noise for themselves in this game. Yeah, I mean the the Ben brother or the Bell brothers, excuse they me, Ben and Levi excellent. Bell. I mean, damn, like they both had they both had a sack. Um, one of them one of them strip sacked, and the other one recovered. And it was like, was that just a brother to brother connection there? Um, Man. So- if they can do that against a, you know, a Mississippi State O-line that has, you know, some blue chip players on it, I am excited about what they'll do to some of these Conference USA O-lines. Yeah. And, and I mean, just as a unit, the defense had five tackles for loss, three sacks. So, I mean, I would have taken that, right? And and three forced fumbles, too. Yeah, I would have taken that if, if you'd asked me before the game, right? Absolutely. And then also just the other line, too, the offensive line. Mm. That, yeah, I meant to bring this up biggest, earlier, so I'm going to try to transition to positive. it now. Yeah, that's yeah. my biggest positive of the game. They were great. I mean, maybe the rushing blocking was part of the issue on that side of it. But in terms of what time that offensive line gave Kendall to throw, it was impressive. Yeah, they so Mississippi State had one sack the whole game. They had three quarterback hurries. Um, I mean, dude, we probably gave up three sacks and... And 10 quarterback hurries in one quarter of that UTEP game last year. So, and this is, again, this is the best front seven we'll probably face this season. I mean, maybe UAB, I I don't know. But I would figure that Mississippi State would be better uh, than anybody else on our schedule. And we gave up one sack. 
and that's game one too. So this unit should only get better. Um, and my biggest thing that I took away from their performance was I didn't notice them that much, which was a good, a very, very good thing after last season. Yep. Where, I, you know, every, every other snap, you're like, oh my God, what is the offensive line doing? You know, you just, you never want to hear about the O line during the game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sure, they'll get a compliment here and there, but I think that pretty well covers what, uh, what was good and bad from that game. Uh, before we get into our final thoughts, uh, does everyone want to pick a player of the game that really impressed them? Uh, I can't really. It's since I didn't actually watch it, I can't really comment on any player that really impressed me. I was pleasantly surprised at how much of an impact Austin Kendall had, given that he's only really been with the program for what six weeks. Yeah. So yeah, crazy. Uh, he's I, a positive I can give to that. You're only going to get better. Meaning Austin Kendall. Uh, he's only going to get better. Having just got to the team practically a month and a half ago, not having long to settle in, having basically given up football entirely, and then coming out and doing this, your first game on the road, SEC school, I it's admirable. He's only going to get better as the season progresses. Yeah. So that's that's my guy right there. Especially with a shortened camp and everything else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Evan, who's your player? Um, I'm going to go with Trey Baldwin linebacker um he had six total tackles three solo a forced fumble and a and the touchdown defensively on the interception so um really good game from him i mean he's one of our best players on either side of the ball so no surprise there really josh i mean i gotta go with austin kendall maybe it's an easy choice but it's nice to have somebody that looks you know poised and competent under center uh he didn't seem to be phased by much and he was playing like like he'd been playing for the team you know for the past four years the one really weird interception, it was like a try to dump off and the the lineman just caught it somehow. <laughs> Weirdly, and just seeing him just, you know, on a, you know, busted play or something, just throw the ball away instead of taking the sack is it's yeah actually a very nice thing to see for once. He knows when he, he, he knows what to do. Yeah. And there's room for improvement, like we've said, but great, great foundation to start. And again, against probably the toughest defense we'll face all year. Yeah, my pick is on text defense. Uh, it's a player that I don't even see in this box score on ESPN's website. And I think that's a good thing because I'm picking a defensive back. I'm picking Miles Mason, who started at safety. They don't show missed tackles or a tackle percentage, but the fact that he failed to record a tackle may mean that he never got thrown at or thrown to, which means his coverage was good. Yeah, the less you hear DB's name called, the better. I yeah. think he had a really good PFF score too, which I guess is a paywall thing on on Bleed Tech Blue, so we can't really talk about it. but. Uh, you're backed up by the the advanced stats on that uh, one. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And so last thing to do here is do our final thoughts, which also kind of is the did tech go and did tech die, which I feel is a pretty interesting question to answer yeah. this week. Uh, Matt, what are your final thoughts from this game? My final thoughts are, while it always hurts to lose like this, perhaps, perhaps this could be a platform for the Bulldogs, our Bulldogs, to spring from and build what could be one of the best seasons this football program has had in a very long time. That's and being positive? <laughs> I'm trying. Okay. I appreciate and what the I, effort. And what I sincerely hope is the positives from this give to us, the supporters, what we, or rather I, and I'm sure you guys too, have wanted for the longest time, and that is a conference title, the bowl victory speak for themselves. I know I can be kind of harsh on the quality of the opponent, whatever, but if you win, you win, you show up, you win. You can only perform against the team you're dealt. 
and no one can take away the bowl streak away. No one can take that away. Uh, and no one can take a conference title away. And I'm hoping, I sincerely am hoping this is the year. It's a, sounds like we have a great team. I hope we have a great team. So my final thought again is this could be a tremendous opportunity for our La Tech Bulldogs to use this performance. And it was a pretty damn good performance for most of the game, except for when they went down 14 0 and lost by one. But the in between <laughs> uh, was tremendous enough for those players to have a real belief in that locker room. They can accomplish something great this season. And they're probably thinking just what I'm thinking we, they can win a conference title. Evan, are you as positive? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's on the table for sure. As far as this game, did we go and did we die? Man, that is a... Oh, I didn't answer that. Uh, Tech tech didn't go at first, showed up late, and then died. Yeah, I mean, it's... This is probably the hardest time to answer that question, because, like... (laughs) Voice voice cracks mid-sentence. Because, like, we... I mean, there's no other way to describe blowing a 20 point lead with 12 minutes left in the game other than dying, right? Like as many positives as I take away from this, like we went, certainly we went, we scored 34 straight points at an SEC opponent, right? But we also died. So tech went and also died. That's my, my final take, my final thought. What about you, Josh? Um, yeah, I mean, did tech go? They went, did they die? Yes, but they also killed me even worse with that ending. But um, man, it, it, like I said, it the team just failed to execute down the stretch, you know, from top to bottom. It kind of sucks, but there were a lot of positives to take away from it. A lot of good things, and I hope they can use this loss as a, you know, maybe use it as a motivation, a motivation tool and to push the team further during this season instead of, uh, you know, letting it kind of drag the season down. And there's, um, I think, you know, we have the quarterback situation figured out for this year, and as long as we can roll with that, I think we definitely have a chance to win a championship this year. But, you know, we, we got to take it week by week, game by game, and uh, I think hopefully Skip just keeps the pressure on the team. They keep playing like they were for the second and third quarter. Yeah, Tech went, they died, but they shall rise again. This team is better than we thought they were, and I yeah. thought they were pretty good to start. So I feel very good coming out of this game. And as this week goes on, I'll feel better as the pain of that missed field goal gets further and further into the past. Uh, I'm curious to hear, and maybe you want to save this for the preview uh, podcast that we do later in the week, but I'm curious to hear if you still think we're going to lose this weekend to Southeastern after what you saw. I'll save that. I got it. All right. As a teaser for for Thursday. Yeah. Uh, w- one thing to note is that the post-game win expectancy from this one. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. So it's practically zero to 100% chance that Tech would win this game based on the stats afterwards. Uh, 55.84% chance to win Tech had. Wow. The, it's still an oof because it's above 50, yeah. and it definitely That's felt like we had an above though. 50% chance to win the game. But it just having an above 50% chance to win against Mississippi State and still mm-hmm. not winning it is is a tough thing to deal and with. And just to reiterate, that doesn't take into account like the score at any given point. It's just uh, yeah, the no. stats after the mm-hmm. game, right? Yeah, how efficient okay. the teams were, how explosive. Yeah. Also, the points per trip inside the opponent's 40, the average starting field position and turnovers. Um, but yeah, I was hoping to end this on a positive, but it feels kind of like a negative right now. I got a positive. At least we're not UConn football. 
<laughs> they lost the Holy Cross. Yowza. Holy Cross. Is that the university close to Notre Dame? Uh, probably. Logically, probably. Here's some uh, here's some Skip Holtz trivia. Skip Holtz actually started out at Holy Cross uh, because his grades weren't very good and transferred into Notre Dame. Not too unlike uh, the character from the film and also real person Rudy, who went to Holy Cross and transferred into Notre Dame because his grades weren't too very good. Am I saying yeah, Skip Holtz? Am I? What the fuck is wrong with you, Josh? Dude's an asshole. Uh, do you know him personally? Did he know your DM? <laughs> so. Am I saying Skip is Rudy? I guess I am if Josh thinks it's Rudy's an asshole. But uh, yeah, Skip went to a Holy Cross. And I did. I don't know if any of you guys knew that, but then he transferred into Notre Dame. And on that revelation that Skip Holt is secretly the running back for the movie Rudy, also named Rudy, that about wraps it, it up for this episode. He wasn't even a running back. He was a defensive end. Okay, I never saw it. You got me. That was a shot in the dark and I got it wrong. Fantastic. That's enough for this episode of the Go Tech Please and Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G O T E C H P L S D N T D I E. Or head to our website where there's a bunch of things to do there, yeah. including join Jesus. contests and buy shirts. Uh, <laughs> GTPDD.dog. That's dot D O G. Evan, you want to talk about that, that contest? Yeah, we got the regular contest that'll be up on Wednesday. Um, the CUSA Pick'em is up now, so head over and, and put your picks in for that. Um, nobody got all the games right last week, so um, do, better do better this week, I guess. <laughs> um, Josh, shout out Josh, winning the PDD yeah. contest. Jeremy is in first place of the, uh, he's tied for first of the other, the Pick'em. So yeah, uh, lots of fun stuff going on. And we got shirts. Yeah, including this week's month's shirt of the month it'd be weird if this week had a different shirt of the month that is uh, based on the old football uniforms from 1910 back when we were the louisiana industrial institute they're um, so good, they're I, so good. I, I, i'm very proud of this design and for 25 dollars and free shipping it can be yours that's at gtpdd.dog slash shop and until next time i'm nathan i'm evan i'm josh i'm matt and go tech Please don't die. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Josh. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die.